0: In T minus three, two, one, we begin the fun. Touring our way through the NBA from that big, big apple to the place by the bay. Is your mind buckled in? Because it's time to begin. Seiko and his friends are doing
1: it again. The Hangtime Podcast is the spot. So sit back, relax, because the show's about to drop. Welcome into another edition of the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Seiko Smith. In Atlanta, sheltered in place, like I hope you are, safe, sound. And your families. Well, uh, we've got yet another great guest lined up for you today on the podcast. Uh, a guy who I've known for a couple decades, who's one of the best human beings in the basketball business. One of the best guys I've ever met. He's the general manager of the Washington Wizards, Tommy Shepard. He's navigating this time like the rest of us, trying to figure out how not only to manage, you know, a basketball operation for the Wizards, but also having to deal with the adjustments we all have to on our home fronts. Um, so we, we got a little bit of time, got on his schedule, and you need to give a listen to Tommy Shepard, Wizards GM, talking about life and times in this co- coronavirus era that we're all dealing with. He's our guest this week on the Hangtime Podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, Tommy Shepard, who's a, a decades-old soldier, in the sports world here this guy's been around for so long I, I his his looks don't match his years of service he looks like he's 25 and he's he's been in the business a lot longer than that so uh Shep how you doing man first and foremost how's the family is everybody safe um and I, I noticed an adjustment for for everybody uh dealing with the the shutdown here how, how y'all doing
0: Well we are doing fantastic thank you and I hope your family's safe we we uh we got uh, eight people under one roof right now from most days, and, and uh, the social distancing is a must not only outside the world but in, inside our house. We make sure we give, give each other our own space. But we've had a wonderful time, all things considered, because this is just time we've never had 26 years of marriage. I've never been home this long uh, uh, in a row, and I definitely haven't been this this consistently not late for dinner in my life, so my wife's really
1: excited <laughs> about those pieces. Yeah, those uh, – those... Family meals—we haven't done them since middle school. So we've been eating everybody at the table at the same time. It's like uh, it's some Leave It to Beaver stuff. The kids are looking at their phones, yeah. like you know, we really got to sit here and stare at y'all for dinner. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it
0: is. It's a return to it's a return to our childhood in a lot of ways. You know, we make sure we got tombstone in the house. We tell everybody, put your phones down over here. We're going to talk for the next hour and a half. Dinner. We're going to just chop it up like the old days and. They definitely are the old days when the kids look at us, but we're
1: having a good time. No doubt. Now, you – I was telling somebody, you know, my youngest son is, is homeschooled, and mm-hmm. when, when the directive came down that everything – it was shutting down, schools were closing down, it was a – that was a joke to a lot of people's systems who who were dropping their kids off every day, picking them up. It's It's been interesting to watch how the rest of the world has adjusted to our homeschool – program something that we've done the last couple years I know you got seven kids and I know you you've been a homeschooler for for some time what's that been like watching other people I'm sure you've been getting hit up for advice and how to handle it how to manage it from folks you might know but what's that been like watching the rest of the world get on a homeschool program and a work from home program
0: well it's certainly it's been an eye opener for a lot of our friends and stuff but I think they all first and foremost i think the whole world agrees that teachers are so underpaid it's not even funny coming out of this hopefully you can get some adjustment for them because having to do it yourself day in and day out i think a lot of people find out how incredibly important education is and how poorly as parents we can deliver it if we're homeschooling without a plan (laughs) biggest thing for us all seven kids my wife is a saint we we made a decision to homeschool when we were going to be in 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 sports, you figure, hey, we're going to probably move around quite a bit. And so we wanted to have a consistent anchor in their lives. And and this homeschooling was a great opportunity to do that for my family. Uh, You know, the toughest things for me, I think a lot of times there are, uh, you know, certainly the PTA meetings stink because the kids are always mad at the teacher. The teacher wants a couple kids punished. (laughs) But by and large, it's been a fantastic thing for us. And I think the best advice we give people is just to spend – spend more time trying to learn the basics and building off of those things and trying to do everything at once. I came home and and I was, you know, really strapped in and ready to help my kids and and working on different subjects. And pretty soon I kind of kept getting pushed out. So then I was helping in math and now I'm just PE and I make lunch. But, uh, you know, they tell you something every day. But uh, it's been a fantastic, and I'm sure you can agree, it's a fantastic opportunity to connect with your kids.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just the the time we've all spent, I think, reconnecting has been interesting. Um, and, I, and I know, you know, I don't want to gloss over it at all. I know professionally, you know, you're wearing two hats when you're home, but you're also in charge, you know, the basketball operation for an NBA franchise. Um, that's got to be a, a heck of a lift trying to manage – you, you, whatever you're doing at home, but also managing this entire operation from home as well, where you don't have daily face-to-face interaction with all the folks you're working with. What's that been like uh, for for y'all? Uh, you know, for the Wizards to try and get a handle on this whole thing.
0: Well, I think just r- literally since that that Wednesday uh, in March, where Hokie City in Utah, that that happened. You know, obviously we knew our lives were going to change. We, we We made a commitment, as as certainly as the Wizards, we also have the Mystics, the Capital City Go-Go, our medical staff, our player development staff, our facilities people. We all made a commitment that we're going to over-communicate to each other, and we're going to start with our players. We got everybody on call all at once with our medical staff, with our uh, team. of We have team psychologists that, that are available, not just to the players, not just to the staff, but to their families. And really just tried to build off of that of making connections every day, and, and we divided up uh, right, as I told everyone in our, that works for our basketball family, this is your time to show value because you're never going to be more needed because the unknown that's really where I think people read the worst into information voids, and the unknown unknowns, right we We're, we're not going to have the answers to that. But here's the solutions to our day de- to our daily routine. Here's what we can provide, and so we kind of built in time for workouts that we do together. Uh, we have group yoga that we share with the mystics. We, we we have weekly check-ins from the coaching staff, from the front office, from the medical staff. And we all kind of take turns. Uh, everybody's getting touched. All the players are getting touched, maybe by, not by the same person every day. And we compare notes. Uh, we definitely want to make sure that we get the feedback from the players all the time. Is this useful to you? How can we build off of this? And one thing I think that, you know, as a result of that, we had a couple of things happen. We, we're now going to have a, a weekly team chaplain service. Our, our players miss our team chaplains. They miss that routine before games and stuff, and I think that's a great area. Our team chaplains have been reaching out to our players, and now we're on these Zoom calls, and they're like, hey, let's just do chapel," And so that's, that's done. And then we have a book club that kind of formed. And then our coaches have done a great job with our video staff of chopping up a lot of video from previous games, individual – uh, individual opportunities for players to get better looking at themselves. But, you know, playoff history, and that's helped them. As uh, Most of our players who have not played with John Wall before. And and John was practicing with us. He was scrimmaging with the go-go before we went on hiatus. So just trying to help players get to know who some of their teammates will be moving forward. And, uh, you know, Bradley Beals grabbed the microphone on some of those film sessions, and he's walking players through uh, the you know the the ness nece- the necessity in playoff mm-hmm. basketball the intensity but the necessity to really truly know your position know the scouting report so we we just tried to make the most out of every day you know i think doc rivers had a great had a great saying for his staff and we kind of migrated over to ourselves hey let, let's win this break let's make it let's make the best out of every day until the new normal emerges you know we, we've all been creatures of habit we've always had structure in our lives in our basketball lives, let's not go too far away from that, but let's also take this time to self-improve, to spend time with your family, definitely rest and recover. You know, we're we're all, during the season, we we don't take care of ourselves the way we think we do. We don't take care of our families the way we should. So this is a great reset for us. Uh, Unfortunately, during this pandemic, certainly you don't want that to happen, but let's take advantage of that time.
1: You're right. Um, Monumental basketball, I know as well, has – has really jumped into the void, you know, in terms of charitable contributions and, and community contributions. Um, I know John and Bradley are both doing things as well, but what was the, the initial lift? Was it instant, you know, in terms of what Monumental Basketball had to do to reach out and be a part of a solution for the community there in D.C.?
0: Well, the monumental sports behind Ted Leonsis is one of the pillars in the community of the DMV. He's always his double bottom line is, is an imperative in our company. So we're reaching out constantly. Um and, and he sets the tone for everything that all the teams do, the, the Mystics, the Wizards, the Capitals, the Gogo and several other franchises that we belong with, with D C gaming. Uh but giving back is a given. Like we must do that. And then we were able to break it up into smaller groups and, and try to make impact in, in smaller ways. And these aren't things that we were seeking publicity for, but you try to, you try to impact our neighborhood. We Our practice facility is in Ward 8 in, in Southeast D.C. And mm-hmm. it's an area that's really untouched. Unfortunately, hasn't had a lot of the economic revival of other parts of D.C. And we're proud to be the tentpole in that, in that neighborhood. Well, we we tried to raise some money for the hospitals that are on the front lines in Ward 8 or near Ward 8 where we can just pay for meals for, for healthcare workers. That's something our players, when, when that idea was floated, they grabbed it and said, let's do this, boom. And, and now they're trying to say, okay, where can, we, where, where can we get masks and we can donate masks and what else can we do? And it's just the little things sometimes become big things. And I think it's so imperative to us particularly when the doors open back up that we all look and say, hey, were we good neighbors? Did we take care of people? Do we care about each other? Do we care about the world outside of ourselves? And it's so important to have a record of that that says, yes, we did. You know, you don't want to wish that you would have, especially right now because you're not going to get another chance.
1: No, that's a great point. The leadership from the league in general, you know, from Adam Silver, you know, and and the commissioner and the league office, all the way down to each individual team and then the players, it's been staggering. Um, It hasn't been surprising. To me, because I know what kind of fabric we're talking about when we talk about the people that populate this league and kind of make up the basketball ecosystem. But it's it's been really good to see everybody take such a leadership role in their own communities. I, you know, I've, I've been interested to watch people's reaction. My wife even has just been stunned. You know, she was, she was tearing up the other night watching a story, you know, about another guy, you know, digging in and helping out. And, and she was like, man, it's just – she's like, I had no idea the league NBA, you know, players in the league were this active, you know, out there in the community. I, told her, I said, yeah. So you think people think that those slogans and those, you know, initiatives are, are for show, but they're not. It's, it's it's real grassroots community involvement by these teams.
0: Absolutely. It's a fraternity. These players care deeply about the, the, the NBA itself and, and certainly some of the alumni from the NBA that have been out there suffering as well. And I think the minute that an NBA player contracted the virus, it, 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 be, it became extremely uh, right, right in front of us and personal. And, we, we, you know, when you read about something that's happening around the world, it's a terrible thing, but it hasn't touched your life necessarily directly. And then when that started happening to our NBA family, everybody really took it to a different level and said, hey, we've got to do something. We've got to make an impact because this is hurting people that we know. And I'm sure you feel the same. It's it's different when it has a face. It's different when you you hear that person's voice and been touched. You know, we have one of our former players, Jason Collins, and he suffered from it. And and just reaching out and hearing his story, you know, it was very helpful to us to to know that he recovered, certainly, and what he went through. But, you know, when, when I look at all the different situations that have happened to different players, different people around their families, there's people that it's a mild case, and then, God forbid, you have people that pass away, and it's just been awful. I think we're all rallying right now around around Carl Anthony Towns and his family and the NBA and sending prayers up to lose his mother. It's just the, the absolute worst tragedy that you could possibly imagine, and how we can continue to try to uplift society, stories like that, um, you know, when they impact the NBA family, I know we all rally around it. No question.
1: This is, you know, from an operational standpoint, Shep, I know this is a time of year when you got teams that are obviously finishing up a regular season if we're just going by the calendar. Then you got teams that are transitioning from that regular season into their pre draft prep and whatever operation they have going on leading into, a, you know, the lottery, the draft, and the summer, summer league. You got the playoff teams that are trying to try prepare themselves. You got scouting staff scattered around the world, you know, trying to, to do their diligence. I mean, how much of an interruption do you think this is to the entire calendar for the league and for basketball in general? I talked to David Gale, who's a coach over in Germany, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the minute the NBA shut down, that forced every other league that's feeding off of the NBA to shut down. That, that, that put a halt to everybody's process.
0: Well, and I think that's a tribute to Adam Silver's leadership and the board of governors that they felt so strongly what an incredibly critical situation we were in as a world to do that, knowing that, that, that so many people would take notice. And it wasn't just in sports, other industries. They, when the NBA shut down, that was a socially responsible thing to do. I think we all hope that we are part of the charge to open back up whenever that day comes to help heal the the, the country and certainly the world through sports is something we know that that's proven. It can be a big uplifting thing. Whenever that happens, we're preparing day to day, the preparation for the preparation. You have to think, okay, if the season is X, we need to be conditioned at this level until that, when we can return to facilities. We don't know when those days are. And that's, that's not for the conversation here today, but the preparation piece it's very important because it also allows us to really evaluate our processes of what we do every day. When you remove yourself and things kind of come to a standstill, you can really see where, where, what are we doing that's valuable? And maybe we can amplify that. And what do we do that just isn't effective that we have never really addressed? And maybe we can repurpose that somehow. You know, it's like, it's not unlike cleaning out your closet, man. Right now, I mean, you probably did the <laughs> same thing I did. You do a little spring cleaning. And you're like, how did oh, yeah. that get in there? You know? And I got, I call them the pride pants. There's those pride pants. I got a good pair of jeans. I swear I'm going to fit into one day. I've been hanging on to them. And my wife, she she pulled the bugle out, played taps, and let, let's give those away. And you're able to let go. Right. So I get it. You know, it's tough on all of us. i tell you who's going to be a very wealthy person is anybody that gets a mobile barber that uh-huh. uh, can somehow have testing beforehand and afterwards. That, that guy's going to make a fortune right now. The NBA needs a haircut.
1: No doubt, no doubt. I, I'm putting out the bad signal right now for for somebody to come over <laughs> and fix fix what little bit I got left. Um, I you know I, I listened to Bradley on uh, um, talk about his time with the Wizards and kind of where he is right now. It's so interesting to hear the players and how uh, introspective they are when they get a pause like this. He's got we're talking about Shep guys who going back to their middle school years. They've never stopped.
0: The bigger conversations for me, if we want to touch on, we call the three H's, you know, sometimes, what's your biggest hardship right now? What can we do to help you with that? Or what's on your heart? Then, like, who's the hero of the day in your house? Or who's the hero in your life? And get those guys to really reflect on the the important people in their life. And then, hey, what's our hope? What's your hope to come out of this? What's your hope in life for for not just for you, for your family, but for your impact? Because those are things that NBA players – as you've seen time and time again can impact around the world on such an amazing platform and deliver things that it's great to have government. It's great to have structure, all those things, but players sometimes can deliver quicker impact and healing than any government ever could. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we have so many great players in the NBA that take that job seriously. And Bradley Beal's at the forefront of that, you know, his give back to St. Louis to make sure that healthcare workers have access to food. What a basic staple, but what an unbelievable statement by him and Jason Tatum to do that, to be leaders, you know, from where they're at. And it's just giving back to the people that helped raise them. But representing themselves in that light, it's not like something that Bradley would ever want the attention for. He just knew it's the right thing to do. And and that just means so much to us as a franchise. He's a a partner in everything we do. He and I have never had a a GM player relationship, I always say we're, we're partners, you know, our, our, our forge ahead on this season, on your career, it involves a great deal of communication back and forth. And and he's going to be involved in every decision we make on and off the floor because he made that commitment to us first by extending certainly, mm-hmm. but because he's earned it as a player and all the things he does off the court, you know, and, and we can't wait to get back to the court. But I'm using this time when I'm talking with our players. It really isn't about basketball. It's how how can we be better coming out of this? What can we do to help you? And, and how do you think, you know, your life should be coming out of this? So those those three H's are just good conversation pieces. But when you get somebody to talk about their hardships, their heroes, and their hopes, I think that's really been a powerful thing. That's something we, I heard from somewhere else. And we just said, hey, this is a great thing to write on.
1: It's, it's interesting, Shep, uh, you know, having known you as long as I have, you know, there are guys who who circulate in our business, you know, and they, you you bump into somebody at one stage of life and they're doing one thing, they bump into them years later, they're doing something different. I, I, I'm i not surprised that, that you reach the levels you have because good people in this business seem to always find their way into those positions. And I'm wondering how much of what you've learned all, you know, all throughout your career, going back to to playing ball and being a part of a team in college. Um, you know, how much of that do you find yourself leaning on and referencing now in this day when you're the GM of a team and, and charge with charting the whole course for an organization to try and get back to the standing, I know, Wizards fans and, and, and folks in D.C. want you to be at?
0: Well, thank you for that. And likewise, I'm amazed the things that you've been able to accomplish, I'm just so happy for you because you've always been somebody that you just knew starting with ahead of you and you you grabbed it and ran with it. But for myself, my background, everything for me, the lessons I learned is being the youngest of seven, having seven kids, myself being in team sports is always to be a great teammate. And, And what does that take? And what does that depend on? And and being able to create that environment with the Wizards was the most important thing to me, and that's what I laid out in front of Mr. Leonsis over a year ago in the interview process is how important it was to to create a family atmosphere of accountability, responsibility to each other, and get players of high character. And I think when you have those things, hey, we all want to win a championship. There's only one champion. But I don't think you can win without high character people at a, at a successful high clip and sustain it. I definitely don't want to jolt the system and, and go all in for one year, one championship. We want to be perennial, and we really want to be a great pillar in the community. And I think we, we're well on our way. We, we changed our entire roster. We've had 10 players to start the season that were brand new to our roster. Uh, now I think we're up to 13 through trades. And, and, you know, Bradley and John Wall and Jan Mahimi, the only players left from when we were in the playoffs three years ago. You know, so, so the dramatic change in our roster has, has happened. And I think now we've got a lot of young players. And to your point, what are we trying to do? I lean back on my, my, my time in the NBA, my time with USA Basketball, working with them in Olympic Games and World Championships, and certainly my time with international basketball. What does it take to get a team to care about each other? Well, you've got to get good character to start with. And then give them something besides basketball to care about. And that's what we're trying to build. And and something like this right here, that's why make the best of a bad situation. We're going to take all these experiences and we're kind of harmonizing them and putting stuff together to remind players when we leave this, don't leave this part behind. Like the stuff we're doing together every day, the workouts where, you know, 12 guys on Zoom and they're busting each other because of their haircut or their outfit or, you know, being able to just tell some of the same old jokes. Hey, we're not in a locker room, but we see each other. We can reach out and have some fun together that that's going to galvanize us i believe and i think that that will be transportable moving forward and let's not leave that behind about how quickly things can be taken away from you that memory right here you know this is the stuff your your parents your grandparents told you about my parents my grandparents told me about hey don't ever take anything for granted because it can be taken away from you the only thing we can't take from you is your name ultimately And, and that's That's something that resonates with me. And that's what I'm trying to remind our players, let's use this time to really, really dig in and care about each other, care about the world around us. And that all comes from, like you said, all the time that I've been in this business, the NBA has been such a blessing. But look at some of the great people we've been able to interact with throughout our careers. And they're not just great basketball people. They're great world-changing people. And so it's been a blessing all the way through
1: question about that man chef I appreciate it man and I know like I said I know you got gym class and uh you got a 10 too so I, I'm not I'm not gonna step on the teacher's time too much man and I, I listen at least they let you teach a class I'm not even allowed to do anything in my house. they they start the schools and they tell me to go away so at least you at least hey, you got my, certified
0: my favorite thing I, I don't want to say I got rabbit ears but I was sitting there listening to my kids talking my wife was on the phone and my son had a question and, he asked his sister. His sister I said, "Ask mom." Well, she's on the phone, and said, "Well, I've got, I'm busy." So my son finally said, yeah, well, I guess I'll ask dad." <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell you what, you ever want to be humbled? Hang out with your kids for a while. It, they'll they'll help you like nothing else. It's been great. Oh. It's a blessing. My best to your family. Stay low. Stay healthy. And let's get through this together.
1: No doubt, Chip. I appreciate you, man. Blessings to the Shepard family. Always oh, a pleasure. I'll see you on the other side, brother. My man, I can't wait. Take care. All right. Thank you. God bless. I cannot say enough about Tommy Shepard. As I mentioned earlier, one of the best human beings in this business. Um, You're rooting for him and the Wizards to not only turn that thing around, but also to be uh, a a sustainable Eastern Conference factor in the playoffs, to be, as he mentioned, a perennial factor in the Eastern Conference playoff chase and in the league. Uh, Appreciate him taking some time. Uh, to talk to us and to give us some insights on how he's navigating this process, both as a professional and and as a father and a husband. Um, Great stuff from him. And listen, if you haven't already, um, check out some of our previous Hangtime podcasts. We got one with Andy Thompson, executive producer of The Last Dance, the 10-part documentary series on Michael Jordan and the Bulls and that last season they had together, that last championship season. At Andy Thompson, brother of Michael, uh, uncle of Clay, one of the best, you know, guys in this business. In terms of, you you go through his phone; he's probably got every number in the history of the league in there. Everybody knows him and loves him. He did a fantastic job. Um, that podcast is out as well on the feed, so you make sure you double check and 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 dig in and listen to that before Sunday's premiere of the Last Dance uh, on ESPN. And as always. My um, producer, Anthony Bonaparte's hard hardworking during this, this shutdown, and we're going to be here every chance we get, uh, bringing you the best conversations we can with all the movers and shakers in the basketball world right here um, on the Hangtime Podcast. And we'll see you next time, folks. Appreciate it.
0: This one is done, but in case you want another one, here's the links to all the fun from Sekou Smith's Hangtime Run. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NBA.com slash hangtime, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next
1: time, Hoops fans.